Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. If you don't uh, know me, I'm not a guest. This is my home church. Amen. I'm evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I love you. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm so honored to be able to speak uh, today because I really appreciate the fact that God connects you with certain people on purpose. I don't need everybody to like me. I just need the right people to like me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and God, I believe, and as we're gonna, I'm going to show you something from the word that's going to encourage your spirit today, build your faith, because as I said, we're going higher in Jesus' name. You can get plenty of bad reports anywhere you look, but i got a good report for you today. God has a plan to increase your family, plan to bless your family. Hallelujah, and rub it in the devil's face. Amen. And I'm just excited because as we're honoring Bishop and Pastor Kathy this morning, uh, it's my honor to be, be here speaking to you. In fact, uh, I wasn't supposed to even be in town today, and uh, I got the call. They said, would you be here for the, uh, the Appreciation Sunday? I said, I'd be happy to do it. Let me make a few calls. I had a revival that was starting today, and I called the pastor. I said, Pastor, I don't normally do this because if I give somebody my word, I'm going to be somewhere, I'm there. I said, but can I just talk to you about something? And I, I started to talk to the pastor, who understands it perfectly, about honor. And I said, you know, and he, he agreed. He said, you know, I wish more people would understand honor. I said, everything that goes out from our life is a seed. Everything. You hear seed, everybody starts thinking finances. Everything you release from your life is a seed. Where you spend your time is a seed. What you say is a seed. How you treat others is a seed. And I said, Pastor, if it's all right with you, I said, would you mind if we just moved a couple weeks this revival? I said, I want to be home because my pastor is being honored. They've asked me to be there to speak to honor him. He said, absolutely, I'm happy to do it. He said, I'm excited for what God's doing at your church, and I appreciate your bishop. He's heard you preach and minister multiple times and loves the ministry. And I'm just telling you, I'm excited to be here today. You know, one of the things that really gets me excited, too, is that uh, when God spoke to us to move here, you know, i got to give thanks for uh, Bishop and Pastor Kathy right up front. And I'll tell you why that is, is that uh, along with her parents, this is the house of God, and these are the pastors that my wife came up under. And I'm thanking God that God <laughs> raised up a Holy Ghost woman at Abundant Life. A woman who knows how to be led by the Spirit of God. Of course, that Bishop and Pastor Kathy have taught that for many years. How to be led by the Spirit of God. I have to give God for, thanks for that right off the bat. Because if, they, if she had not received that revelation, I'd probably be in jail today. I remember. I remember the first time. And she was still living here. My wife was still living here. And I was in Virginia Beach. I was an associate pastor at our church, Dominion Christian Center. And at that Sunday, I was on the keyboard, and I was worshiping and praising, dancing. You know, we're Pentecostal, man. I was sweating and shouting and getting ready. And all of a sudden, the doors opened up in the back of the church, and a visitor walked in. Hey, hallelujah. I looked over, and there was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. Everything went into slow motion bullet time. Her hair shook in the wind, and... Doves flew out from behind her. 
I looked over. I said, my God, hallelujah. I felt a praise break coming on. I said, hey, my God. I don't know what I was singing. I don't know what I was playing at the time, but I transitioned it immediately. I went around, isn't she lovely? Come on, y'all, lift your hands. Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> People stop worshiping, start looking around. What is, what's going on? And I saw as she walked in the church and sat down next to her parents who had been attending our church, and she was visiting from Florida. And uh, I wanted to find out, well, she ended up feeling in her spirit to move up to Virginia, and she became a part of the church. And, um, man, I was really, really digging that woman. And I was a youth pastor also at the time, and uh, she worked at a, a certain restaurant locally at the time, and I'm sure my youth and young adult leaders were like, why does Pastor Ted like this restaurant so much? We always go there, and we always have the same server. I was like, just be quiet and eat your food. It's time to understand. <laughs> and I would come in, and, and she'd be there. I, oh, yes, hallelujah. And uh, I remember, and I wasn't going to play games because I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm ready to move forward in life. And if, if, she, if she's really the one the Lord has for me, then I want, I want to know so I can move forward and uh, be confident about that thing. So I, I took time on, uh, I remember it was Easter of 2005, and uh, I, I took time, I said, I'm going to spend three days fasting and praying and asking the Lord, is this the one uh, or do we look for another, as the Bible said. <laughs> And I began to fast and pray. And I can remember, we had our Sunday morning Easter service. I came home from the service. I was in my room still praying. And I felt that release in my spirit. I felt that, that green light, if you will. Man, you better believe I was excited all by myself. I caught, first thing I did after I told I said, Mom, you can stop praying for a wife. Hallelujah. And I, I, I sent her a message. I said, are you working? And she was working that afternoon. I said, what time do you get off? And she told me. And so I went. I drove to where she was working. This right here is why I'm saying I'm thank, thanking God for pastors that taught her how to be led by the Spirit. And so I picked her up. And we, we, you know, we, we went out and had our, our first date. First date. And uh, I took her to a really nice place to eat. I don't know if you've ever been there. They probably have them here. It's called IHOP. And we went... <laughs> to a really good menu there. Um, you can get pretty much anything you want. And, <laughs> you know, you spend the big bucks. When you have a queen, you spend the big bucks. And, and, I, <laughs> and I went and, and uh, we went to the International House of Sticky. And I went, we, we were driving home. And as we were driving home, we, we were, I was going back to her parents. She was living with her parents at the time. I was dropping her off. And uh, in the car, <laughs> I said to her, you know, after we were, we'd been talking. And I said, you know, <laughs> just any young men in the room, this is a public service announcement. Don't do this, what I did. Okay? Do something else than this. Not what I'm doing. But I knew by the Holy Ghost. See, the Lord had already spoken to me. And I said, you know, <laughs> on the first date, I believe we're going to be married. <laughs> I believe you're supposed to be my wife. I said, I believe we're supposed to get married and have children and travel the world and preach the gospel. And I was just giving her a rundown. And I'm watching her. She's watching me from the other side of the car. And, uh, you know, this is the moment when you expect the door to open and someone to spray you in the face with something and take off running. <laughs> and she didn't do that. Thank God. But, you know, she looked back across at me. You know what she said? 
I know. Hallelujah. She said, I know. That shows that the Lord didn't just speak to me. The Lord spoke to her. And God had raised up a young lady in this house that knew how to be led by the Spirit, that knew how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons I give God thanks and praise for Bishop and Pastor Kathy, and uh, Minister Heather mentioned it earlier, is that there are many men and women of God that for, for different reasons have pulled back from the message of the Holy Spirit, have pulled back from the message of blessing. I know there's persecution on it. I know people talk about you. You get a little too out there and people say, well, I don't know, he's a little crazy. They're a little crazy over at that abundant life. And you know what I found out? There are people that because of what others may say, because of the persecution that goes along with the message, they've watered it down. But you know what I'm thankful for? A church where we can come and faithfully hear the life-changing word of the Almighty God. We can hear that God's a good God, that he loves you, that he wants to bless you. You'd be surprised how controversial of a message that is in 2021. If I have to hear one more preacher telling me how I'm supposed to struggle to get more holy, I'm just going to, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go to jail. You won't have to bail me out. But I'm just telling you, we live in a day where people don't see the nature and the character of God in the way they should. But here's the bottom line. God's a good God. God loves you. He wants to bless you. Can you say amen? And uh, I was living in Virginia Beach, as I said, and uh, as I was there, you know, I was evangelizing. We'd been on the road, all, all kinds of stuff, beautiful home. Our family's there, her family, my uncle, my family. And uh, I was driving one night, and I was driving from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Rochester, New York. And I said, I'm just going to, I'm not going to listen to worship. I'm not going to listen to preaching or any. I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And so I got in my car, and I took off driving towards New York, and I'm praying. And I said, I'm just going to see what the Holy Ghost has for me. And uh, it, it didn't take an hour. It didn't take five minutes. At five minutes, I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, I want you to move to Florida, South Florida. I thought, what in the world is that word? Because think about this now. I was an evangelist, so I didn't have to, there's nowhere I had to be specifically to do what I did. And I was really easily located in the central part of the East Coast. You know, I could go north, I could go south. I hear the Lord saying, move to the tip of Florida. You know, at the time I was driving to the majority of our meetings, I thought, Lord, it takes a whole day drive just to get out of Florida. Where are you putting me? He said, you're supposed to move. You're supposed to move. He was guiding us to this house. He said, you're supposed to move. You're supposed to move. Well, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Sean up and, and see what's going on down there just to talk to him. I said, I won't share it with him. I'm just going to just kind of get a feel. So I remember calling him up that night, and I said, uh, what are you doing? See, Bishop had already been in the Holy Ghost. He didn't need to talk to me. He'd already been talking to the Lord, and the Lord had talked to him. And I, I called Pastor Sean. I said, what have you been up to? He said, oh, we just got out of a meeting with my father. He said it was our meeting to plan the word of the Lord for the new year. I said, oh, that's cool. I said, what's the word of the Lord for the year? He said, it's move 2016. <laughs> I promise you. You remember that? It's move 2016. I said, Lord, you don't have to say it again. I heard you. Th it's move 2016. We got our affairs in order to get our, everything going, packed it up into a big uh, truck, and we headed south. Came down. I'm just going to tell you, God, it's amazing how God leads you and guides you into blessing and increase. See, your faith will touch your family, and it'll change your future. 
Your faith will touch your family and it'll change your future. And so I, I took a step of faith. We began to move. We came down and we found a spot and um, we started renting a house to get the lay of the land. And of course, you know, life gets busy. A couple years went by and uh, all of a sudden, and I'm out of the uh, continental U.S. I think I was in Alaska preaching and I get a call from my wife. The, the owner of the house wants us out of the house. He's ready to sell it. He wants to sell it right now. I said, right now? I said, we got worship conference coming up. I said, we got, I'm out of the country. I was going from like there to Brazil and, uh, you know, Jamaica. I was, I mean, it was going to be, I wasn't going to be back home. He, she said, he wants us out in five weeks. I said, five weeks? Lord have mercy. We hadn't even looked. We didn't know we were moving. We didn't even look for another place. And we began to pray. And uh, we started looking. And uh, we had a prayer request uh, that we put before the Lord. Well, I finally got home. And there was a spot that Carolyn had found online. Well, I was out one, one afternoon with Bishop. And the, the house that we saw, man, it was a beautiful house. It, it looked, it was, it was more than we thought, you know, we, we could handle at the time. You know, like, my God, that's a, that's a beautiful place. You know what I mean? And so we're out, Bishop uh, and I went golfing one day. And I love how God can speak through Bishop or Pastor Kathy in a way. It doesn't have to be this super intense spiritual moment. But when you carry the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you can just drop a word and that thing begin to manifest and, and be, begin to move. And we're sitting there, uh, and I remember where, exactly where we were at the Country Club of Coral Springs on the first hole before we chipped up onto the green. And we were down there, and his shot, as usual, much better than mine. And we were down there. I was searching for mine in the weeds. He was perfectly in the fairway. I said, Bishop, I said, you know, we, we really have to move. I said, we found this house that we really, really like. I said, Bishop, man, this, this place is beautiful. And I said, it's a place we, we really want to get it. And he didn't, even, he didn't even hesitate. I want you to catch this. The man of God didn't even hesitate. Watch this. This is why it's so important who you're connected to. Thanks for all the shouts. It's, he looked at me and he said, he said, put your heart on it. That's what he said. Put your heart on it. He said, once your heart's on it, it's yours. Ooh, hallelujah. He said, God give you the desires of your heart. He said, put, and you know, it, it was so funny to me because it, it was the way that Bishop said it. It was so matter of fact, so quick, so offhand. It was like, put your heart on it. It, it, not dismissive, but just offhand. It was so quick, it came right out of his spirit. Put your heart on it. Because once your heart's on it, God will give you the desires of your heart. We put our heart on it. What did I do? <laughs> I did something that probably most people wouldn't do, but, you know, I don't care because I am a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> I spent about two years living in Kingston 8. If anybody knows where Kingston 8 is, I lived in Kingston 8 for two years. And so I went over, and my wife and I, we got a bottle of oil. And we went over. Now, nobody was living in the house, okay? So we went over to the house. We just took that bottle of oil. We just marched around that place. We anointed it with oil. We said, we put our heart on it. It is ours in Jesus' name. It is ours in Jesus' name. Can I tell you what the Lord did? When we went to uh, purchase this property, the, the man that owned it dropped the price $100,000. $100,000. And then we sat down at the table. He said, you know what? I'll cover all the closing costs, give you another $15,000. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's one thing after another. When you're in the place God's called you to be, your faith affects your family. Your family and your future. 
And I want to show you something to stir your faith today from 2 Kings chapter 4. Because, see, here's a woman whose faith affected her family and it affected her future. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 4, and I gave them the title. I don't know if they have it, but it is this, that honor is the access to increase. Honor is the access to increase. Honor is the access to increase. If you want to go higher, you release honor. Honor is a seed. You know what I found out? I was reading in the Old Testament, and God was not pleased with his people's type of honor. You know what he said? They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Woo! He said, they're going through the motions. They just come, go through the motions. They flippantly present their sacrifices. He said, but their heart is not with me. They don't honor me with their heart. I found out that God is looking for something called internal honor. What is internal honor? It's what you do when nobody's looking. It's what you do when they don't recognize you in the church bulletin. <laughs> you go to some churches, they know they got to recognize every last person that's in the church or else ain't nothing going to get done. We want to recognize Sister Polly. She stayed here vacuuming the lobby for three weeks. Uh, we want to give you thank you. Stand. If we just stand, we, we got you a $5 Dunkin' Donuts car. Would you run it to Sister Polly, please? Nothing going to get done unless Sister Polly gets her Dunkin' Donuts. But God's looking for what you're going to do when nobody's watching. What are you going to do when nobody's applauding and nobody's looking? Where's the honor? It's in my heart. I honor when doors are closed. I honor. You know what? If I were ever get around people, and, and I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be around those people, but if I got around people that didn't like Bishop and Pastor Kathy and started bad-mouthing Bishop and Pastor Kathy, you better believe that I would be out in the quickness. Numbers would be blocked. Social media accounts would be blocked. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember I put it in one of the books that I wrote. Bishop was on a plane, and he was uh, flying somewhere, and there was somebody that came up to him in the plane and started bad-mouthing Dr. Oral Roberts to Bishop, which was one of his mentors. And it, Bishop just straight out let him know, you can either go back to your seat or I will send you back to your seat. I'm not going to sit here and listen to somebody dishonor the one who I honor and the one who is sowing into my life and it is imparting into my life. And see, one of the things that we realize is honor is taking place even when that person's not there. I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. I feel like preaching this morning. Catch this now. Second Kings is a powerful story. Elisha is passing through town and there's this woman from Shunem, a wealthy woman, the Bible says. And I'm starting in verse 8. And the Bible says that he went to Shunem and there was a wealthy woman that lived there who urged him to eat some food. Let me just give you a hint. You don't have to urge preachers to eat some food very hard. We eat. And you don't better not feed us too well because we keep coming back. And the Bible says, and so, now here's the, here's the clue. So whenever he passed that way, he'd turn in there. <laughs> you know who's got good food around here is the Shunammite woman. And she made him some beef patties and cocoa bread and he ate it. That's not in the original. That's the Passion Translation. And the Bible says, <laughs> and she, <laughs> that's the Wagwan Translation. And <laughs> I know, she said to her husband, I know this is a holy man of God who's continually passing our way. So let us, watch this now, let us 
make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Woo. So that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Notice what she did. She made room in her home for the anointing. Oh, hallelujah. She made room in her home for the anointing. I'm not preaching on this, but the Lord dropped this in my spirit. He said, when you make room for the anointing in your house, he said, these are the four things that are in your house. These are the four things that are in your house. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, well, look at it. He said, number one, there's a bed. Rest is in your house. Turmoil has to leave. Crisis mode has to leave. Struggle, anxiety, depression has to leave. Rest is in your house. For the Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 2, he gives his loved ones rest. Somebody shout rest. Let me tell you, in the years 2020 and 2021, there's some folks that need some rest. Can you shout amen? Not only rest, he said also put a table. She said put a table in there. The Bible says he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You know what that means? That you'll have an abundance even when the enemy's trying to attack you. Oh, I could preach that for about a half an hour. Notice this. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. When you're in the anointing, there's always a table prepared. I said there's always a table prepared. Let me tell you what the table looks like. There's a bunch of chairs around it, but there's only one place setting. Because your enemies are there, but not to eat with you. They're just there to sit and watch you eat. I feel like preaching that for a minute because let every person with an antichrist spirit and an antichrist agenda that said God can't do it and God won't do it and the breakthrough's not coming and the miracle won't come to pass, let them keep on talking because once the table gets spread and God sets out my plate, I got a chair for you, baby. Sit down and watch as I eat in the overflow, as I watch what God did through my faith, through my family, and in my future. Shout yes. He'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Woo, glory to God. He said, put a, she said, put a table in there. Also, a chair. If you've studied the word, you know what that seated possession represents. Authority. Authority comes back in your house. Your children aren't running wild doing stuff you didn't raise them to do. Your grandkids aren't going to go out looking like the rest of this world. Authorities back in the house. I just came back from Universal Studios. I saw kids who had leashes on. I thought, a leash for a kid? What, what kind of wild child are you raising that you need a leash for that child? My dad had a leash for me when I was growing up. It was a Holy Ghost look. Bam! He could be preaching. I could be in the third row goofing off and cutting up, and it might, my dad could be in the middle of his text. Boom, he didn't even have to say anything. He'd just shoot one look, and the Holy Ghost leash got me. I began to repent for sins I never even committed. I said, oh, Jesus, for every bank I've robbed, Lord, for every drug I've dealt. <laughs> authority. Somebody say authority. Authority comes back in the house. See, when the anointing's in the house, authority's in the house. That means that whatever was sent to harass you has to stop cold at your door. Cannot touch your family. Cannot touch your children. Why? The anointing's in the house. 
That's why I said your story won't be like other people's story. Isn't it funny how people, they, they start to define their doctrine by other people's experiences? Well, I know we believe that, but you know what happened to sister so-and-so and she went to church every Sunday. Yes, yeah, she's not the word of God. The word of God's the word of God. My story is not governed by someone else's experience. It's governed by what God already said. Can you shout amen? A chair. There's authority in the house and a lamp. You know what the Bible says? The word of God is a lamp unto our path. That light, that's revelation knowledge of God's word. You know why that's so powerful? Because the Bible says, and I'll paraphrase it here, you can only fly as high as the truth of revelation you've got in your spirit. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, when you get that revelation of God's word, it takes you to another level of freedom. Let me ask you a question. How many remember the very first time you heard it preached that Jesus is a healer and still healing today? Does anyone remember the first time you heard that? You thought, are you serious? He'll still heal people? Miracles still happen? Anybody remember when you heard that for the first time? Well, as, as, as was said earlier, that puts you at a new level of living. See, because before you had that revelation, you didn't have the ability to step out and believe for a healing. How many remember the first time you ever heard, God will bless you financially and prosper your business and prosper your family? Lift your hand if you remember the first time you heard that message. The moment you began to hear it, it took you to another level of living. Because it's the truth you know that sets you free. And see, the revelation of God's word, it is breaking yokes and opening doors that maybe weren't even there before. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible says that they built the place. And we can see, obviously, from the passage here that the, that woman, she ran the house because there's not even a record of anything her husband said in the whole passage. <laughs> she said, let's, let's make him food. Let's build a house. And it's just, he's not even mentioned. It just keeps on going. We find out later why, because what kind of man he was. She said, he said, why are you going to see the prophet? It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. You know what he was saying? It ain't Christmas or Easter. Why are you going to church? Thanks for all the shouts. One day, Elisha came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested. Said to his servant, call this woman. And when he called her, she stood before him and said, say to her, you've taken all this trouble for us. What's to be done for you? There's a thought that when you honor God, he honors you. When you honor God, he honors you. When you honor God, if you put him first, he puts you first. Did you know that Malachi says that God keeps a book of remembrance in his hand? People hear that and they get afraid, like, oh, he's going to remember everything I did. Read the context. It's not the negative things. He said, I got a book of remembrance so that I can reflect on all of the things my righteous people have done for me. All their faithfulness, all their fruit, fruitfulness, catch it. God's not going to forget one act of faith you've ever taken. Somebody shout, not one. People will forget. Others will disregard it. God's got it written down in an eternal book. Because when everybody else said they're finished and done for, God said, no, I've got some blessings yet to release that they haven't even seen. And it ain't going to be no stimulus check. It's going to be something that is prepared from heavenly places that is so big, it'll blow the minds of natural men to see what God's about to do for us. Let me say that again. What God's getting ready to do for you and for me and for this house is going to be so big, it will blow the minds of natural men and women. People will have to, you know what I call it? I call it a rubberneck blessing. 
You know what that is? You ever been on 95 or the turnpike and it's just solid traffic and everybody's creeping and you get up there and you think, man, this must be a bad wreck on this interstate. And you get up, it's just a dude changing his tire. But because every person had to slow down and inspect his technique, does he know how to change a tire? We had to sit there and be late for dinner because you wanted to look at his tire. That's what I'm going to talk about. God's going to bless your family to such a degree that when people roll past your house, they'll have to slow down and take a look at everything God's doing for you. It's going to be a rubberneck kind of blessing that people won't be able to ignore it. They can't sweep it under the rug. They're not going to be able to discard it. It's going to be so big, even sinners will declare, God did that. Oh, if you believe it, shout amen. That's what the Bible said in Psalm 126. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. You know what that means? It was so good we felt like we were dreaming. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. God knows how to make you laugh. God knows how to make you laugh. I said God knows how to make you laugh. <laughs> he'll, bless you in so, he'll bless you in such a way all you can do is walk away laughing. Oh, yeah. Let me just say, this blows my mind, is every year my wife and I, we make a point to sow more into the kingdom than we did the year before. But not just that, to sow the largest one-time seed that we've ever sown. And we do that. And uh, last year, 2020, was without a doubt the greatest year we've ever seen. Sowed more, did more. People called me up, oh, you must have had a rough year, brother. As an evangelist, 2020, everything was locked down. I never stopped moving. I, I probably traveled more. You know what's inter interesting? And I'll give you this. Bishop prophesied over us at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you were here. I was out in the Holy Ghost down here on the front. My wife's out in the Holy Ghost. He's prophesying. This is going to be a year that you'll, you'll experience such increase, such explosive growth. This was last year. And uh, we just received it and took off running. I was in the middle of a revival in March in Detroit, Michigan. When the pandemic hit, the lockdown hit, the pastor looked at me and said, let's just keep going. We kept on going in the midst of the lockdown. He said, we'll see who comes. They all came. And we began to praise God. I got on the plane, came home, and we had about one month because I was supposed to be overseas in Jamaica for convention. I was supposed to be over in Hawaii. other places I was supposed to go, but the borders shut. So I was home, and in the middle of that, if you remember last year, 2020, my father was here for Signs and Wonders camp meeting in February. We got back to the house. Now, Bishop had prophesied in January. Then my dad prophesied in February. We got back. He sat out on the couch in the new house. Hallelujah. And, and he said, I didn't say this over the microphone. He said, but the Lord shows me you're about to get a building. I said, really? He said, yeah, the Lord showed it to me in a vision. And when Carolyn heard that, she ran and got a piece of paper. And she said, well, sketch it. Draw what you saw in the, in the vision. He started to sketch it out. And we took that and hung it on the refrigerator. And we needed it because we were getting ready to go on television and all the broadcasting. And so we start driving. We had a realtor take us around look at commercial properties. And uh, they were all about $30 to $35 per square foot. I'm looking around. We went to about five, six locations. They were nice. Beautiful locations, but they didn't look anything like what my father drew on the paper. I, I said to her, I said, is there not any other properties to look at? She said, well, there is one more. It's kind of tucked out of the way. And, and you know, the, I don't think the pricing's been updated yet. 
I said, well, let's go look at it. We pull onto the property, and I'm looking. It looks exactly like what he drew on the paper. Even where he drew the palm trees, the palm trees were. Everything looked exact. I talked to the owner. I said, well, how much? Everything else was 30 to $35. I said, doesn't look like your pricing's been updated. He said, no, that's the price I'm going to give you, $12 a square foot. Hallelujah. And God did it supernaturally. So the time we did have home last year, we needed just to build the TV studio out. Then all of a sudden, everything starts opening up. We go on to a, a, a television network in Africa, covers the whole continent of Africa, 80 million homes, 18 million homes in the United Kingdom. And then we get another call. We want you to be on in Jamaica. So now I'm on the whole island of Jamaica three times a week. Or excuse me, yeah, three times a week now. And then also I get another call. We want to put you on in the Philippines. We want to put you on in Pakistan. Opens that up. God so quickly did this that within a short period, maybe a month, we are now on television in over 180 nations every single week preaching the gospel. Came from a word. I said it came from a word. And then I'm... I'm serious. And then all of a sudden, all these things begin to take place. The increase starts to hit, and we get in, and then I never stop through all of 2020. 2021 hits. Bishop's got another word. Power of God hits again. And uh, the, 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 the Spirit of God begins to move. He says, it's going to be the greatest year you've ever seen. No question. No question. It's not even close. You know, I told you about that goal to sow more every year than we did the year before. You better believe I got excited when my wife came to me at the end of May, you know what she told me at the end of May? She said, just want to give you an update. We've already sown more now at the end of May than we did all 12 months of last year. Hallelujah. And the door keeps opening up. So check this out. It's amazing how God works. I'm just doing, doing my thing, being faithful. I get a call a couple of weeks ago. A man has acquired new television networks that now will hit greater Asia. It'll go into Iraq, parts of China, all of India, more parts in the Philippines, and, and all these 90 million homes more. You know what he told me? He said at any given second in India, there's 1.2 million people watching this channel. He said if you will just put your English captions on the top of your program, he said you'll have even more reach. He said, you know what, I want, we've seen your television program, I want to put you on there. I said, that sounds good, how much does it cost? He said, we're going to do it for free. Hallelujah, free sounds good to me. <laughs> free sounds good to me. And then all of a sudden, now here's what's amazing. Not just for what you, you do with the work of your hands, but for your life personally. God knows the desires of your heart. God knows what he's getting ready to do for you. It's funny, we just went up to Montana to have a meeting, and uh, my wife had just said to me, like three months ago, my wife says to me, she goes, you know I, what I'd really like? I said, what would you like? She said, I'd like some cattle. I said, okay. We don't even really have a yard. We live in the city. There's not, you don't put cattle on a, a porch. You know what I mean? <laughs> she said, I'd like some cattle. We go up. We fly to Montana have a revival. There was a family that where we were in Billings, Montana, there was a family that was 270 miles away from the church. And they saw we were coming. And they said, I, the, the wife said, I really want to go. Husband said, I don't want to go. She said, no, I want to go to revival. He said, I ain't going to revival. They, she, they told us that. They said, we fought about it. It was a fight in the house. Are we going to revival? 
they finally decided to come, brought all ten of their children. No, seven of the ten. They get there, stayed for the whole week. The husband's just kind of sitting in the back watching, getting blessed. At the end of the week, think about how God works. He walks up to me. He says, uh, Brother Ted, the Lord spoke to me about what I'm supposed to do. I said, what are you supposed to do? He said, well, he said, we own a cattle ranch up in Guilford, Montana. It's 2,500 acres. He said, we run Black Angus on the farm. He said, as you were preaching, the Lord spoke to me to, to give you cattle. <laughs> He said, so we're going to start you off with a, with a calf. He's going to grow it. Uh, he said, you can either do uh, one or two things. He said, when we run them up in the spring to sell them, we can sell your cows and you can get a check. He said, or oh, we can just keep them on the farm and we keep breeding them. I said, keep breeding them, brother. Keep them. Keep breeding them. He said, well, what we'll do, he said, we'll put your brand on them. He said, we'll put your brand and keep them separated. He said, you'll have your, uh, he said, you'll have your own set of cows there. He said, then when you get some property there in central Florida, he said, we'll have to run your cows down to Hallelujah. I said, run the cows, baby, run the cows. Why? Because when you put God first, he puts you first. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things, the stuff that other people are dying to get, it'll just be added unto you. You won't have to run around thinking about it, wondering about it. God said, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour you out a blessing that's so big you won't be able to contain what God's getting ready to do. If you believe that, somebody lift your hand and give Jesus a shout of praise. Oh, yeah. She said, I can't have a child. He said, by this time next year, you'll have a child, Prophet Elisha. She had the child. The impossible was made possible through honor. Watch this now. She's out in the field with the child. Child's working. Child says, my head, my head. He drops over dead. This really stuck out to me. She picks the child up walks him back to the house, walks up into, not her house, into the prophet's room. And she laid the child on the bed of the prophet who wasn't even there. What was she doing? She had access through her seed that she'd already sown. She said, no, no, no. I invited the anointing into my house. I honored the anointing in my house. I'm not going to sit here with a dead child while I've got the anointing in my house. And she laid, oh my God, there's a miracle inside your seed. There's a miracle inside your honor. There's a miracle inside your faith. Your family's getting ready to change. Your future's getting ready to change. As you release it, watch what God's getting ready to do for you. She laid him out. She laid him in the room. Her miracle was in her seed. Her miracle, everybody thinks their miracle's in your harvest. Miracle ain't in the harvest, it's in the seed. It's in the seed. And she laid him out. And then she went looking for the man of God. I'm going to find him. And everybody who stopped her on the way, how you doing? Notice she didn't jump on Facebook. Y'all pray for me, I've been going through it with my son. He ain't acting right. He ain't crazy like his dad. Y'all just pray for me. There's folk at my job who don't like me because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm guessing that might not be the reason they don't like you. <laughs> People think they did Jesus a, a, a service because they wore a what would Jesus do t-shirt to work.
<laughs> Notice what her answer was. It is well. Woo! I got, I got a word in my mouth. No matter what's, what's happening on the news, what's in my Twitter feed, no matter what people saying at work, oh, did you see what they, yeah, is well with me. It's well with me. Oh, but didn't you see what's going, yeah, is well with me. When my daughter was in the intensive care unit at two years old and doctors told me she had a blood disease and a heart problem, they said she's going to have to be on medication for the rest of her life. She's going to have to take it. She won't be able to play sports or run or do anything because of the blood disease and the heart problem. I said, that ain't going to be my story in Jesus' name. And I don't even remember this, but my cousin brought it to my remembrance, evangelist Jonathan Charlesworth. He said, I called you. And he said, I, we were talking, he said, we talked for like an hour and a half. And you were joking, cutting up, laughing, all this. He said, then I called my mom right after I called you. And he said, she said, well, I guess you heard about Teddy. He said, no, I just got, what are you talking about? I just got off the phone with him. Well, you know, they're in the intensive care unit. He said, I don't think you're right, mom. I just talked to him for an hour and a half. He never mentioned it. She said, no, I'm telling you, they're believing for a miracle. He said, no, no, he was just laughing and talking to me. He said, I remembered this, that you never once mentioned the issue. You never once mentioned the disease. You just laughed and talked and joked. Why? I got a word in my spirit. It is well in Jesus' name. The devil is a liar. I don't know what he's told you. I don't know what the attack is that's come against your life. I came on a Sunday morning to encourage you. It is well in Jesus' name. Stop looking at the news. Stop looking at the co-worker. Lift your hands to heaven and declare, I don't care what's going on. It is well in Jesus name Woo! and when the doctors had to come to me and after four more tests they said I don't know how to explain this or what to tell you but we got to send her home because we can't see the blood disease and we can't see the heart problem and now she's running around and she's not on medication because the Holy Ghost makes it well oh yes Somebody shout, it is well. It is well with my soul. I don't know about their soul, but my soul as well. Other people's anxiety is not going to mess with my peace. That's a word for somebody. Other people's anxiety is not going to mess with my peace. It's not going to mess with my peace. You see people that are, you know, oh, I don't know. Did you just, I don't know if you saw what happened, but I'm telling you, we're, we're hunkering down. I refuse to overstock on toilet paper. I ain't running out for 92 cases of water. Sitting there running in, busting people out of the way and throwing the smack down on somebody so I can get some paper towels. Either God can take care of me or he can't take care of me. Oh, you don't have to shout, but I'm going to preach it anyway. He's either provider or he's not provider. He's either healer or he's not healer. Hallelujah. He's either shepherd or he's not shepherd. But I believe what David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack any good thing. Notice this. She had to leave her region because of a famine that was coming. Pop over to the eighth chapter quickly. I'm getting ready to pray. Look, she finally comes back. I'm not preaching anything new. I'm just stealing all bishops' notes that I've been here for these last year. I just write them all down and preach them, preach them later. <laughs> Notice, she comes back. 
And the king is saying to the prophet, hey, tell me, tell me some of those, or the servant of the prophet, tell me some of those miracles that your master used to have happen in his ministry. So the, the servant gets talking about the woman with her son. He said, oh, there was this time. This woman, she couldn't have kids. And all of a sudden, the prophet gives her a word. She has a kid. Then the kid dies. She lays him on the bed. The prophet raises the kid back to life. And the king's like, man, that's incredible. And the Bible says as he's telling that exact story, the woman walks into the king's room. Oh, my goodness. Watch this now. Walks right in. <laughs> he said, here's the woman right here. This is the woman. He said, are you serious? Verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed an official to her saying, restore all that was hers. She'd been gone, my friend. Her fields were overgrown. She wasn't farming anything. She left the land because of famine. Look at the king. Restore all that was hers together with all the produce of the fields from the day she left until now. Catch this. He said, don't just give her back what's hers. Every bit of money she would have made if she'd have stayed, give it all to her. Give her the crops. Give her the paycheck. Restore what was lost. What happened? Her faith changed her family, and it governed her future. What's going to happen for you? What's going to happen for me? Our faith is changing our family, and it's changing our future. Catch this. Last thought here. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus encounters Peter before he's a disciple. He wasn't a disciple yet. He was still a fisherman. And he was on the shore cleaning his nets. If you're taking notes, it is Luke chapter 5. And he's cleaning his nets. Jesus is trying to teach the people. And Jesus said, you know what? There's so many people. Jesus is smart. He said, I'm going to use this shore like an amphitheater to carry my voice. That's what he's doing. He said, he jumps into Peter's boat. Peter's not even his disciple. Now catch it. Peter had done third shift. Third shift. He worked all night long, toiling, trying to catch fish. Caught nothing. Now he comes in and it's morning. He's ready to go home and go to bed. Anybody ever worked third shift before? Raise your hand if you have. I have. I'm ready to go to bed. And comes up. And Peter's in his boat finishing up, cleaning his nets, all of a sudden Jesus just steps in the boat. He said, like, hey, push me out a little bit in the water. Let me teach these people. Peter had every right to be like, who are you talking to? This is my boat. Get out. I'm getting ready to go home, go to bed. This ain't your boat. You're trespassing. It's my stuff. Notice Peter didn't do that. He just said, yes, Lord. He said, it's mine, but it can be yours. It's mine, but it can be yours. And he pushed back. Oh, catch this principle. He pushed back into the water, let Jesus use what was his, and he began to teach the people, teach the people, and Peter's just sitting there. And when Jesus was done teaching, he says, verse 4, put out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. And Peter answered, Master, listen, we toiled all night, and we took nothing. Here's the thing. But at your word. Somebody say a word changes everything. Do you see what Peter did? It was Peter honoring Christ's ministry that caused Jesus to give him a divine thank you. Watch. He said, 
I'll let down the nets. Verse 6, and when he'd done this, they caught a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Get ready to get this now. Verse 7, and they signaled to their friends in the other boat, come and help them. And when they came, they filled both the boats. <laughs> they filled both the boats so that both of them began to sink. You talk about overflow. Let me get something into your heart real quick. Peter was the one who took the action to get the increase. He was the one who sowed the seed. He got the overflow. But notice it was too much for Peter. So he had to call for friends that were close by. Can I give this to you? What did the friends do that earned them any kind of increase? Nothing. All they did was be Peter's friend. <laughs> You're going to get this in a second. Because the increase came to Peter. But it was too much for his boat. So when his friends got close, he started tossing the overflow into their boat. Until their boat started to sink. And his boat was still, oh, wait, wait, wait. That means he didn't have to go without to bless somebody else. He, he didn't have to, you know what? My kids aren't going to eat good for a few weeks so we can feed some hungry kids. No, 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 no. My kids will eat to the overflow and the others will eat to the overflow. My kids will have presents at Christmas and will bless other kids with presents at Christmas. I don't have to go without so that somebody else can be blessed because the kind of increase that's coming to you and that's coming to me, it's not just going to cause you to overflow. Those that are around you are getting ready to overflow just because they're close. <laughs> Have you ever, has anybody in the house enjoyed drinking a good cup of coffee in the morning? You ever gotten so over the top with it, you were pouring that bad boy, and then you realized, I put too much in the mug. You ever got it right up by the top? Now what are you doing? Now you're going across the table with baby steps and a tiny little, because you don't want to spill anything. Nothing on my floor. And you know you can't help it. As you're walking, the thing starts shaking and drips are coming out over here and it's sloshing down over here. And all of a sudden you've lost the victory because now i got to get a paper towel and wipe the floor. And it's, now it's on the counter. i got to wipe the counter. And now it's on my hand. And you're, licking, you're licking your hands. And, huh? It's everywhere. Why was it everywhere? Because the amount that went into the cup was too much for the cup. So as you move, it begins to... As you move, it begins to spill out. God's got you on a move. You're getting ready to flow like you never have. But as I move, I'm getting ready to spill. As I move, I'm getting ready to spill. As I move, I'm getting ready to spill. I'm overflowing by the power of the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, lift your hands to heaven and give God some praise. Woo! Somebody shout, I'm getting ready to spill. As I move, I'm going to spill. You're going to slosh over onto somebody else. Bless somebody else. 
you, oh, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. Wherever your feet tread, you have dominion. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. When you go into the city, when you go into the field, your basket will be blessed. Your storehouse will be blessed. Checking, savings, money market, Roth IRA. It's all getting blessed, baby, because when you connect yourself to God, then you honor his spirit and the windows of heaven open. We're getting blessed. We'd already determined. Can I tell you, when God knows your heart, see, because he gives seed to the sower. I learned a principle about sowing with Bishop and Pastor Kathy. <laughs> you know, I don't, I think it's crazy to wait till a pastor's appreciation Sunday to bless your man of God. I said, you know what? My wife said that she felt in her spirit. We're going to bless them every month. We started in January. Not ashamed to tell you. I started sowing personally to Bishop and Pastor Kathy and my father and mother, the two main men and women of God in our lives. So every month comes right out, first thing, boom, 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 boom. Can I tell you, since I've started doing that, the increase has been insane, insane. I learned a lesson. Here's the lesson I learned. Learned it from David, the king. Second Samuel 24, 24, he was getting ready to give God an offering to stay the plague on, e on, on Israel. And the man that he was going to go get the offering from, he said, my king, you can have all my stuff and give the offering from everything you see that's mine. It's yours. You're my king. He said, nope, but I'll buy it from you. Here was the, the principle that he caught. For I will not give God something that costs me nothing. See, that's why I've, I've, I've looked inside to myself. My wife, we've looked inside of ourselves every day, every year, every month. Do the seeds I'm sowing still mean something to me? Or have it, has it become flippant? I remember when I was a kid going to children's church, my mom would give me a $1 bill. I'd walk in. I remember I was excited. You know why? All the other kids had change. I had paper money. Hallelujah. I thought when I dropped this in the offering, revival getting ready to break out in this children's church. I walked in, I would, I would drop that with all. I was thankful to give paper money. But let me tell you something. There's a problem if at 39, I'm walking into Abundant Life with a $1 bill. Said, my God, I got my offering today. Thanks for all the shouts, but it's a problem. Why is it a problem? Because I'm not at that place of increase anymore. I'm at another level of increase now. W one thing I always try to do, I go back and say, is this thing that I've been sowing, does it still take faith? Or is it easy? Because if it's easy, it's a sign God leveled me up. I remember the first time I ever sowed a $1,000 seed, my Lord. I felt like I was Oral Roberts and Joel Osteen and everybody all rolled into one person. I thought, my... And I sowed that. My wife and I took all the faith we had to release a $1,000 seed. But we're not there anymore. And every, every year it's increased. Every year it's increased. And God, because he gives seed to the sower, he knows what you're going to do in your heart before you do it. We'd already predetermined what we're going to do for Bishop and Pastor Kathy today and my father and mother today, this month. And we said we're going to sow largely personally, not just our tithes, and we sow large offerings. 
large offerings. I mean, we sow offerings that would make religious people wet their pants. You understand what I mean? <laughs> like, seriously? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, you know, when you're accountants, like, you might want to ease up on the charitable giving. It's like, no, I pay you to count. Just keep counting, and I'll keep giving you stuff to count. <laughs> and I said, I already know we're going to sow largely into them personally along with what we're doing monthly. Do you know, God knows how to do it. He knows how to do it. Because we already determined what we're going to do for Bishop and my father. Last night I get a text. I get a text out of the blue. A man that I hadn't heard from in months. He said, I was thinking of you today, praying for you. He said, I just, I just sent you $10,000. I mean, just out of the blue. I haven't even dropped my seed yet. But see, the God who knows all, who knows what I'm about to do by faith, he knows how to bring the increase. I want you to lift your hands all over the house because I'm telling you, supernatural increase is coming on this house like we've never seen. <laughs> I'm just so excited because I know what God's getting ready to do because he saves the best for last. I said he saves the best for last. Maybe you've been in a position where the enemies tried to attack you. You've been struggling. I came to encourage you the struggle is over in Jesus' name. The blessing of God is here. We're going to another level by the power of the Holy Ghost. Why do we take time to honor? We take time to honor. Did you ever think about it this way? I thank God for Bishop and Pastor Kathy. But one of the things that I have to remember is that God chose them. God put his right hand of strength on them and lifted them up for this generation. Oh, yes, he did. And when I, watch this now, when I honor them, I am agreeing with God's choice. When I honor them, I am putting myself in line with God's will for who's blessing this generation, touching this generation. And because I do what God does, he blesses me for what I do. He blesses you for what you do. I feel a strength in this house today. Just lift those hands. What was hard for other people is not going to be hard for you in Jesus' name. Catch this. Last quarter of this year, it's going to be the strongest we've ever seen. Makes me think of David bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. Remember this? Uzzah reached out his hand and went to steady the Ark, touched it, dropped over dead. You know why they couldn't bring the anointing back into Jerusalem on that day? They didn't know how to honor it yet. They didn't know how to honor it yet. David said, i got to figure this thing out before we come back to the city. So he left the ark in Gath, in Obed-Edom's house, where Goliath was from. Three months later, everybody shout, three months. Three months later, a servant comes running back into David. You better go get that ark right now. He said, how come? He said, because you've left it there, and now everything Obed-Edom has is blessed. His wife is blessed, his family's blessed, livestock's blessed, house is blessed, dogs and cats are blessed, mice are running around taking cheese off the trap, trap's not going off, blessed. Everything's, why? Because he honored the anointing in his house. God said, if you honor the anointing, I'll honor you. David said, let's go get this so that we don't miss out on what God's about to do. What I'm telling you, it only took three months it only took three months for Obed-Edom's whole house to turn around. 
We got three months left in 2021. I came to prophesy to somebody today. It's going to be the best three months that you've ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus. For the anointing is turning it around. Come on. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.